me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me one more thing uh, I'd like to sing happy anniversary to Doug Ramona I almost forgot my favorite two people besides my other church family happy anniversary to you happy anniversary to you happy anniversary god bless you happy anniversary to you thank you for being our pastor thank you for your help jason You're dave welcome. snyder is working this morning the the orange groves are underwater and that's exactly what he deals with so uh, keep him in your your prayers today um, chronological study of the bible solomon has built the temple he's written his proverbs now he's quoting others again very important we not forget that he's quoting others at this point proverbs 24 is where we're at beginning with verse 11. proverbs 24 beginning with verse 11. if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? Shall he not render to every man according to his works? We must consider this passage, even though in the United States, we have a very, very high priority against taking life. We've got several different levels of murder and homicide that you can be charged with. But the bottom line is if you take somebody's life, you're, you're not going to get away with it. You're just not. But we have a problem with these two verses in this country. And I submit to you we have a big problem with these two verses in our country. Folks, this is very important when it comes to abortion. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those that are ready to be slain. We are killing more now than in the history of the world. Why is it that we aren't outraged? It's very simple. It's done quietly in a room you could have been around someone who had an abortion yesterday and not even know it. It is encouraged dramatically. Um, right now, politically, it's a huge, huge fight con continuing even after the Supreme Court reversal of Roe versus Wade. This is big in America. Why is it so big? Israel finally went completely down as a result of child sacrifice. That was the thing that did it. Now, it had built, 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 but you check it out. God finally said, you're not killing my babies anymore. You're just not. If Israel, God's favored nation, 
could be wiped off the face of the planet, what is God likely to do to the rest of us? Vote locally against abortion. Vote locally against abortion. At this point, this is not a national issue. This is a state issue. Which, by the way, uh, the more you learn about history, the more you'll find out there should be no national issues. They should all be state issues, but that's another thing. All these decisions should be at the state level. But they are at the state level level. Vote locally. I'm talking about in Arcadia. Find out how they feel about abortion in Arcadia. Why? Because these are the people that rise to ranks in the state of Florida. The Lord gave us a gift in reversing Roe versus Wade. But it did not make abortion illegal. States have taken that decision and restricted abortion, and I believe that is a big step in the right direction, but if one leader can give or take something, the next leader can give or take it back, okay? And so what's going on in Florida under uh, this administration, if we were to get a liberal administration, that could easily turn around, easily. This is the problem with the people being able to choose who their leaders are when half the people don't want what the other half want. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're going to bounce back and forth between one or the other because the leader can't be on both sides. They pretend to be, but they're not. Vote locally against abortion. In the height of Donald Trump's um, when he was president and was very, very controversial, I saw a man with a MAGA hat on. And I, I knew this guy, I trusted this guy, and I said, I need to ask you a question. Considering everything we know about Donald Trump, good and bad, why did you vote for him? What was the one thing? You know what his answer was? Abortion. He says, whenever I vote for anybody, it's because of their stand on abortion. Why? Because abortion after birth is what took Israel down. Child sacrifice. And abortion is nothing more than child sacrifice in the womb. It's all it is. But it's so easy to pretend it's not there. Vote locally against abortion. Don't make economic plans the primary reason why you vote for one or the other. Don't make likability the primary reason you vote for one or the other. If we have to have a monster that's against abortion or the sweetest guy on earth that's for abortion, go with the monster. Why? Again, that's what took Israel down. It's where I'm at in my Bible reading right now. And God goes over and over and over. You're killing my babies. You're killing my babies. I'm, I'm not going to put up with it. I'm not going to do it. He put up with them for hundreds of years doing tons and tons of stuff. But child sacrifice, it got rampant. God called it murder in the streets. It, it was Just because we do it 
before birth does not make it okay. Correct. Vote locally against abortion. What about my body, my choice? Don't answer. What about my body, my choice? This is something that we have to address because this is ultimately where they want the line drawn is they want the mother to be able to do whatever she wants to do. They want that because it gets them their end goal, but this is the heart of their issue. We don't want to make women do something that they don't want to do in their own body. Let's answer that. Can I kill someone just because they're in my house? Don't answer out loud. Can I kill someone just because they're in my house? In your own mind, come up with the answer, but don't say it out loud. Can I kill someone just because they're in my house? Because that is exactly what abortion is. It's killing someone because they're in the mother's body and she doesn't want them there. Her body, her choice, but this is a person on whatever level you think inside this person's other body, or the person's body. Can I kill someone just because they're in my house? What about stand your ground? Is the mother not allowed to stand her ground? I looked this up. I found out something very, very interesting. If someone is in their house or vehicle, stand your ground presumes, stand your ground presumes that the owner has a reasonable fear of imminent death, danger, or bodily harm, and abortion does not fit that description. Stand your ground does not fit abortion. There's a myriad of ways to respond to abortion, to think about it. Bottom line, don't forget it's what took Israel out. If I, if I can't get that across, that's the thing. It's what God finally said, that's enough. No more. 13. My son, eat thou honey, because it's good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste. On the way here today, I was thinking about this, and I actually changed a little bit about it because of my thoughts on the way here because something hit me this morning there are people that eat honey because it's good they say the bible tells me to do it so i do it i'm not gonna ask you if you do or not that's between you and god my son eat honey because it's good there are people throughout history that's always had a little bit of honey because it's good is that all it's saying is eat honey or could this be something much, much bigger in our generation than ever before? And this is what, what occurred to me this morning. Honey is good. Honey is sweet. What is it that we sweeten our food with? Sugar. We consume so much sugar in everything. Why do we do that? Well, it's hard to get away from it for one thing. What if we didn't consume sugar the way that we do? How much healthier would this country be? 
there are those who fight the sugar. Okay, so they go with something else, artificial sweetener. This is one of the ones that I have been drawn to because it allows me to overindulge and not gain weight. But can I say it's good for me? Eat honey because it's good. It's good for you. It's not just good tasting, it's good for you. It has a health benefit. Does artificial sweeter have a health benefit? No, it just does not have the extreme health detriment that sugar does, but artificial sweetener is just as bad on different levels. Mom loved sweet and low. It had always occurred to me, it's like, that causes cancer. But she did it anyway. She didn't want the sugar, but she didn't want to go with the third option. What's the third option? Nothing at all. Okay? Unsweet tea is gross. Unsweet anything is gross. We gotta have something to sweeten it up. But how often does it occur to us to use honey as a sweetener? Now we gotta be careful with this because there's already so much sweetener there. If you add honey to it, then you're making even bigger problem if you're not careful. I'm not a chef, I'm not a cook, but it occurred to me this morning that there is a benefit, a health benefit to using this one sweetener that the other three don't have. He goes on in verse 14. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be. Stop right there. It's saying wisdom works the same way. Wisdom works the same way. In the same way that Jesus told parables, he just told a parable there. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. When I originally wrote this, I said, in the same way that honey is good for you, wisdom is good for you. In the same way that honey is enjoyable, wisdom is enjoyable. I think it's much bigger than that. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be. If I'm right in my an analysis of the first verse, then the second verse has to fall in line. Versus sugar. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be good for you, pleasant, versus sugar. What would we say in the realm of wisdom today would be called sugar? I submit to you most Americans have sugar for wisdom. They've got just enough to make their life enjoyable. But it's not good for them, and a lot of the stuff they do is kill them. It's the same effect. They're trying just to get away from bland. They're going with the easiest thing. It's already there. Everybody else is doing it. But in the same way, that sugar is killing us physically, it's also killing us emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Then there's also artificial sweetener. Where would we, where would we classify that? There is a site on the internet that makes gojillions of dollars selling artificial sweetener wisdom called y'all know what the site is do I even need to say 
The name? Okay, it's Facebook. <clears throat> I heard somebody this past week complaining about Facebook, and I said, you know what? I said, I've never heard anybody say anything good about it, but everybody I know is on it. Packed full of, of, of stuff that upsets you. It's artificial sweetener. In the same way that artificial sweetener is bad for your body, Facebook is bad for your mind. It just is. It just is. But because it's a little better than the sugar, well, okay, it's not as bad. But is it good? Is it good? But then there's that third option. Nothing at all. Where does that come in? In my life, several times I've been in the nothing at all category where I just back off from everybody and everything. Did it at Park Ridge for two years. They didn't even notice. You know how I did it? Went in children's church or ran, or ran the children's church. Had fun with the kids, did not have to deal with any of the members at all, at all. None. Zero. I was in the nothing at all category. Spiritually, I was getting nothing. I wasn't reading my Bible. All I was doing was checking off the church attendance box. A lot of people liked it because uh, I took care of their babies. Didn't have to listen to them. So they wanted me to keep doing it. But we can do this in day-to-day -day life as well. As we just disconnect from everybody and everything. I'm not getting get involved with anybody or anything. I'm not going to talk about sports. That's wise. I'm not going to talk about politics. That's sometime wise. I'm not going to talk about that big third one, religion. That's dangerous. That's the nothing at all. Sugar's bad. Artificial sweetener's bad. Nothing at all is bad, but it comes to wisdom. But honey... What is the honey of wisdom? What is the thing that's good for me? This one's easy. Scripture. It's, it's, it's so obvious. It's right there in Scripture. But for 30 years, I never read it. I certainly didn't care what it said. And it occurred to me this morning, I was living on sugar. I was doing the, th the things you're supposed to do to get through life, you know, getting along, but spiritually, nothing. What does it say about Proverbs? Proverbs is necessary. Proverbs was good for us. However, I don't watch on purpose the debt. Statistics. Yes, I don't watch that on, on uh, uh, Sermon Audio because I, it, it, I just don't like that, that aspect of it. But every week it gives me what the previous Sunday's listenership was for the past seven days. I can't avoid that. It's on the main screen. Proverbs has been the lowest responded to series, I mean, part of this entire series. Everything, including the, the laws of Moses, um, the, the, the names got better response than Proverbs is getting. Like, why is that? It takes work. If we're going to use honey 
we're going to have to work to get away from the sugar, get away from the artificial sweetener, get away from the tendency to do nothing at all. We're going to have to do some work. And Proverbs is work. It straight up is work. When we're in the situation, we don't know where to look in the proverb. When we don't have the situation, the proverb's not interesting. And so we have this thing to where the proverbs just kind of get scanned over like their names. And I'm, I'm more guilty than anybody. The only reason, is truth, the only reason I get into it as much as I am is because I'm trying to teach it and trying to make it interesting. Sometimes some of these proverbs, it's hard to come up with something to say about them because you've already said so many different things about so many different proverbs. But it occurred to me, in the same way that honey is good for me, proverbs is good for me, and I have to do the work to pursue it. If I don't pursue the wisdom, I'm going to wind up the same way I'm going to be if I don't pursue the honey. You see, we can walk out of here today and keep eating the same garbage, and we, we learn something about honey, but did we actually do anything with it? Is what I'm thinking about good for me? And if so, how? Sometimes it's hard to tell, particularly at work. I want to encourage you to do something. It's called projection. Okay? You take what you're doing, you say, if I do this thing every day for the rest of my life, where will I wind up? If I do this one thing, Every day for the rest of my life, where will I wind up? If it's a bad place, stop doing it. But typically what happens is, is for today, I feel like i got to do it, so I do it just to get through today. I don't think about the future. Then there's looking back. Okay, There are things that I've done in the past that have gotten me here. Those things, were they good or were they bad? If I've got a financial problem, where did it start? That's a good question to ask. Where did it start? You can say you shouldn't be in debt, but there's always that first time. And then the second and the third. You can say don't be overweight, but there's always that first time. Look back in the same way and say, all right, what decision was it that got me here? Maybe it's two, maybe it's three, but there's been a general mindset that's gotten us where we are right now. If where we are right now is where we, it's not where we want to be in the future, we got to change. We just have to. That's honey. We got to decide we're either going to use it or we're going to keep eating the sugar or the artificial sweetener or nothing at all. Verse 15 Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. This one here is very interesting to me. Spoil not his resting place. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. This is a righteous man. It's a just man who has fallen seven times. This righteous person is experiencing hardship he has not earned. This righteous person is experiencing hardship he has not earned. Keep that in mind. This guy did not bring it on himself. He will recover because he didn't bring it on himself. God is doing something in the difficulty that he wants 
to accomplish in the difficulty, and the, the guy's going to come out of the difficulty because God's going to accomplish what he did. It's not a long-term discipline process. He's going to come out. Do not try to take advantage while he's down. Duh. This is basic Christianity. Do unto others you have them do unto you. There's <coughs> something going on, though, that it, it just makes me so uncomfortable, and it's happening all the time in Central Florida. I don't know if it's happened down here yet or not, but I'll bet you it gets here eventually. Today's mindset of one church taking over another is deadly. Deadly. There are bigger churches that they compete against each other for how many satellite churches they have. And all they're doing is gobbling up a small church that's in difficulty financially or don't have a leader or something like that. And next thing you know, we're one church with 18 locations. Some would say, well, that's better than closing down. Is it not? Is it scriptural, though? Or is it exactly what the Catholics do? What is the right way to respond to a church in trouble? Help them. Help them get back on their feet and then turn them loose again. They're their own church. They don't answer to me. But this idea of, of church um, kingdoms, it's just like, it just it makes me so, and it's all over the place up there. Be very careful when there's someone in trouble to help them see the next step, but don't take advantage of it to the point where it's like, all right, now your situation benefits me. I'm going to look good. But when it's all said and done, you answer to me. That's dangerous, very dangerous thing. And I hope it hasn't come down here, and I hope it doesn't come down here, but it's rampant in Central Florida. It's like crazy up there. Verse 17, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth. Let not thy heart be glad when he stumbleth. This one is one that we know we're supposed to keep under control, but very rarely do we do it because it's so nice when your enemy finally goes down. Rejoice not when I end falleth. We love it when we give advice that's not taken and then the person fails. We love that. It's, it's vindiction, vindictiveness. It's wrong. We shouldn't allow ourselves to do that. Lest the Lord see it and it displease Him and He turn away His wrath from Him and the implications put it on you. Usually we don't get to see God avenge us. He will. He promised that He would. But usually we don't get to see it. Occasionally we do. Be sure not to enjoy it. Fight the urge to enjoy it. Why is that? We deserve hell. We deserve hell. And just because God gave us the wisdom to make a right decision and not fall into that trap does not mean that we don't still deserve hell. Wisdom, use it, communicate it, but if it's not heard, allow them to answer to God. Wisdom, use it, communicate it, but if it's not heard, if they don't listen, they still go off and do whatever it is that they're doing, allow them to answer to God. Do not allow ourselves to fall into the trap of, I told you, by the way, those are my favorite words. I love those words. And 
this says I got to stop saying them, and it's like it's, I have to remind myself I I deserve hell. The only reason that I didn't make that same decision is because the Holy Spirit taught me. So that's a good time to say thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching me not to do it. Please show me how you want me to do the next thing and move on to the next thing. Nineteen. Fret not because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Proverbs 23, we saw this earlier. Let not thy heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all thy day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. They may be doing good now, but it will not last. It's just not going to last. Psalm 73 makes that very, very clear. Asaph, one of the prolific songwriters of the Bible, almost fell into the trap of saying, God, why in the world am I a Christian? He got right to the edge. So what am I doing this for? Let them answer to God. Because they will. They will answer to God. What is evil? Not seeking Jesus. And guess who has to answer to God? People that don't seek Jesus. Even Christians. It's done in discipline, not in punishment, but it's done in discipline. They will answer to God. Israel's a beautiful example of that. Israel was allowed to go and go and go and go and go until God finally said, that's enough. But it looked like they were being successful because they had all the gods. They had all everybody else's gods, plus they had Jehovah. So it's like, hey, these people got it together. And they were, under Solomon, they were crazy successful. Solomon's not going to turn out to be the nice guy we think he is at this point. And it's going to be hundreds of years before God finally takes him out. It is coming. It is coming. But don't allow ourselves to enjoy it. If we see it, don't allow ourselves to enjoy it. Fight it. Fight it off. Because we do still deserve hell. Just because we call on God and say, I need you, does not make us suddenly a good person. We still need Him just as much. We still deserve hell just as much. Verse 21, My son, fear thou the Lord and the King. Respect authority, all types of authority. It seems to me that those that do, do. It seems to me that those who respect authority, respect authority. When a person does not like the police, they typically don't like the government either. They typically don't like any authority. When a person respects the police, typically they respect the whole system. It's, it's almost, it's weird how that works out, but it's, it's a, it's, they have respect or they don't have respect. My son, fear thou the Lord King. If you have it, great. If you don't have it, get it. If you don't have it, get it. Those that don't, don't. They need to get it. Meddle not with them that are given to change. This is very, very applicable today because of the internet. Whatever it is that you are interested in, good, bad, or indifferent, you can find a bunch of people on the internet will tell you you're right. I don't care what the topic is. There's people on the internet will tell you you're absolutely right, and here's how to do it even better. Meddle not with them that are given to change. 
They feel the rules need to change, so they ignore them. That's exactly where it comes from. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Their calamity, obviously that's talking about them that are given to change. Who knoweth the ruin of them both? Who is them both? The Lord of the King? Couldn't be. I believe this is the ruin that comes from both the Lord and the King. The ruin that the King can give and the ruin that the Lord can give. Respect authority just because they're in authority. That doesn't mean we don't get to vote. Thank God He gave us a country where we get to vote. That doesn't mean... Oh, you're going to love this. Don't answer. Please don't answer. You're in a crowd of people in front of the capital of the United States. And they are all marching in. Do you go or do you stay out? Don't answer. Do you go or do you stay out? Well, everybody else is doing it. I figured it was open. Do the doors look open or do they look broken? The Capitol is an authority, even if it's run by Nancy Pelosi or whoever. Respect authority. I purposely have stayed away from the news, but those people that went in that building, they went after them. And I can't imagine they were glad they did it. I just can't imagine that. Who knoweth the ruin that the Lord and the King can provide? Even in times of difficulty, it gains us their favor when we respect them. Particularly the cops. Particularly the cops. In Los Angeles during the riots, they were screaming, the cops were bad, get them out, get them out, get them out. So the police chief said, okay, and he left. Then they said, come back, come back, come back. You don't know the power they yield. Allow God to take care of those in power. Respect the authority. Yes, sir. Always applies. Always applies. My boss is three weeks older than my daughter. She says yes, sir, to me every time. She's my boss. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. It's like, man, you make me feel old. But she respects. She respects the age. I respect her position. I told her, I said, listen, I said, there's some people that, that they will do a good job if they agree with what you ask them to do. I said, I want you to know I'm not that way. I'm old school. If you tell me to go wash your car, I'll go wash your car. She started laughing. I said, I'm serious. I said, you, what you ask for, you get. So be sure you really want it because Danny's going to give it to you. That's just the type of employee that I was raised to be. It's called a work ethic. And very few people have it anymore. <coughs> Just be straight and plain. That's all I ask. Respect authority. Respect other people, even if you disagree with them. You never know what they're liable to be able to do in return. You just don't know. Disrespecting them begs for problems. It simply begs for problems. 
Let's do one more. These things also, no, we can't. This is the next section, okay? Solomon reminds us he's quoting others. Well, let's try it. It's not good to have respect of persons in judgment. Does God have respect of persons? That's a question I want you to chew on this week. Does God have respect of persons in judgment? There are those that say, if sovereign grace is true, then God's favoring one over the other. How can God be obeying this proverb if he picks some to be saved and not others? Chew on that one this week, and we'll deal with that next week. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the challenge it puts in front of us. Thank you that if we will simply do the work, it will come out sweet. It will come out beneficial. It will come out pleasant if we obey it. Please help us not to be consumers of sugar when it comes to wisdom. Please help us not to be consumers of artificial sweetener when it comes to witness, wisdom. Please keep me, particularly, from just backing off and staying away from everything. Please help us want honey. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.